0: Bibbader podcast. Uh, That's right, it's been a little while, Uh, but it's time for another podcast, and uh, we really need to get into it because I kind of forgot to do the draft grade podcast, so we are now in week, I don't know, like 11 of the season and still no draft grade podcast, so uh, we will definitely get to the draft grades today. Uh, which, of course, is the highlight of this podcast. Everyone loves it. Everyone looks forward to it all year long. And, of course, uh, because it took so long to get it out, people are contacting me like crazy, wondering, where's the draft grade podcast? Well, today's the day. We'll do our draft grades. Uh, Maybe some game recaps, or maybe I'll just save those for the end of the year. Um, And we also have development trait news, as always. Try to get through that fairly quickly. And at the end of the podcast, have a special surprise exclusively for my listeners. So look forward to that. You do not want to check out of this podcast before the end. So let's get into it. Is this your fan base after the draft? Get the truth with Abibiter Draft Grays. Yes, let's talk draft grades. Uh, as I always point out, these draft grades are determined by complex formulas that are uh, created by scientists who spend all season studying these things and uh, you know, developing ratings and grades uh, and a formula for all the players and what teams they go to. So they study your team, they study the players in the draft, they put it all together, and they come up with the perfect draft grade. So if you have a beef with these draft grades, I think you may be a science denier, and you don't want to be a science denier. So let's get into it. Uh, First up, the Browns. Now, I did not get pictures taken of these drafts when they were up on the draft screen when we finished. Uh, so I'm just looking through people's rosters, and it's a little confusing for the Browns because they've traded for a couple of rookies, I believe. Um, I don't know which guys to include or not, but we'll just talk about all of them. So in the first round, uh, the Browns took Richard Collins, the middle linebacker from Florida State. 87 speed, 86 acceleration. Uh, You know, he was obviously going to be a great player and they got him. So that's a good pick. And we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about development traits in the development trait section. Uh, But he ended up being an X-Factor player, which we all kind of figured he would be. Uh, So really good pick there for the Browns. Uh, They also picked up Craig Galleon at, defensive tackle who was a player I had graded very highly and so did my team. And uh he ended up being a hidden development trade. He's not revealed yet. I'm recording this I think in week twelve of the season. Uh so they're not getting him on the field. So bad job by the Browns right there. Uh, but a guy with decent quickness and pretty good strength to play at defensive tackle for the Browns. Uh that was a really good pick. And Jose Wright Uh, At center, normal development trait, but he was one of the higher-rated offensive linemen. Uh, So that was a pretty good pick there, too. Uh, I don't know how much he's playing, uh, but he should develop pretty well. And uh, if they don't keep him on the team, he'll at least be uh, a good trade asset later. Uh, And then another rookie we have here is LaVon Arnold, uh, running back from KU. 93 speed, uh, but only a 54 overall. So... Or, or, or. Um, of course if the browns want to turn him into a great player then then get him on the field and start giving him reps. Uh, also they traded for uh, uh, <laughs> well they traded for Chris Chester who was the number one pick in the draft. Uh, this is a six foot 5 224 pound receiver with 93 speed. And I thought he was a stud in the draft. Turns out he is a stud. Um, The Browns have gotten him up to superstar. I don't know what he was when he was... I think he was a 74 overall when he was drafted. I don't know what development trade he was. I don't remember who drafted him. Uh, He's also 21 years old. So, yeah, this guy's going to be a really good player. And the Browns traded... Go to the transaction screen. They traded one of their receivers and just another pick, like a seventh-round pick or something like that, for him. Um, which, it, something's going on with this game. The, the Browns get these trades easier than other people because I have tried to trade. I have tried to trade for uh, big-time rookies before. I mean, this is the number one pick in the draft, and it usually takes at least a first rounder and a bunch of other great stuff uh to get that guy away from the team that drafted him and the Browns traded receiver Antoine Trailer and a 7th round pick and got uh this future just monster. Uh now I know Antoine Trailer probably a 99 overall receiver. Um and that was a big difference between a 99 overall receiver and a 74 overall receiver, but again, I I've seen teams with rookies that are, you know, in the high sixties and they won't trade him for two first round picks and a good player. Um, so I don't know why, uh, this team, what team was it again? Let me check the bears. I don't know why the bears, uh, traded him so quickly, so easily to the Browns. Uh, although I am glad to see that he won't be on the bears. <laughs> uh, But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because that's... I don't know. Um, And then also, uh, strong safety Eli Smith. The uh, Browns traded with the Ravens. They traded Jeff Butler, a receiver, to the Ravens to get strong safety Eli Smith. I don't know how good Jeff Butler was at all. Um, But Eli Smith is a young safety that's, uh, I believe, a hidden development trait. Uh, So another really, really great trade for the Browns. Uh, Either they're just out gaming all of us uh, in the trades, or they've figured out something, or or something's just, I don't know, something's going on here. Uh, This is the commissioner's team. So that's kind of suspicious that they're able to get some pretty easy trades pushed through. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying. Uh, But so, yeah, Eli Smith, uh, right now he's a 76 overall, strong safety. That's a superstar Uh, as a rookie. 88 speed, so he's not uh, a blazer. uh, But they've also got him at $680,000. That's all they're paying him after the trade. So, yeah, the Browns came up with some guys there. Anyway, uh, they they get a draft grade here. So I'm not going to count... Yeah, I'm not going to count Chester and Smith in the draft grade. So Rashad Collins at middle linebacker, Galleon at defensive tackle, and uh, Jose Wright at center. Those are the big ones. Galleon doesn't look like he's been playing. He still hasn't revealed. Still got a lot of snaps to go to reveal uh, his hidden development traits. So a little mismanagement there by the Browns costs them a little bit, and they get a B- on their draft grade. Seems a little harsh. That was a pretty good draft. Um but, you know, the maybe the mismanagement there bumped them from a B-plus to a B-minus, or I, I don't know. Uh, maybe they should have gotten higher, but I do trust the science. Trust the science. All right, on to the Chiefs. Uh, let's see. The Chiefs have a couple of DBs as rookies. Emery Meredith at corner and Ray John Beard at strong safety. Uh, also have Chet Wendell at middle linebacker. Michael Oliver at halfback. Uh, Kirby Noble at strong safety. Uh, Karsten Campbell at tight end. Luther Jones at left outside linebacker. I think that was their first round pick. Uh, They might have had two first round picks. Uh, Paul Baggs at free safety. So that's that's four rookie uh, defensive backs for the Chiefs. Elijah Rogers at receiver. This is a lot of rookies. Uh, So let's go through them. Rodgers, 91 speed. Right now he's a 69 overall. So that's a guy that could turn into something. Uh, Paul Baggs, 91 speed at free safety, 66 overall. Eh. Uh, Luther Jones at left outside linebacker. Uh, disappointment that this guy was a normal development trait uh, when he was drafted. He did have a draft story and he was highly rated. Uh, does have good measurables. 84 speed, 84 acceleration, 82 agility. Uh, I believe he's a speed rusher. Let's look at his uh, finesse moves. Where are they? Yeah, 85 finesse moves. Uh, So this is a speed rusher that I think will turn out pretty good, especially if he can pile up some sacks early in his career. Uh, He'll advance his development trait. Right now he's a 76 overall. Karsten Campbell at tight end. Uh, 67 overall is not bad for rookie tight end Uh, He's got 82 speed Uh, The Chiefs do use multiple tight ends So pretty decent pick there He'll be on the field Kirby Kirby Noble at strong safety 62 overall, 88 speed Eh, I don't know about that Uh, Michael Oliver, the halfback Is a 55 overall Uh, Another KU running back Uh, Both of them not very good So I don't know What that says about KU that they're two not great running backs that both made it to the NFL. But anyway, uh, that's not helping them any. Chet Wendell at middle linebacker, 58 overall. Uh, I don't think he's going to be anything. Uh, And then the last two, Emory Meredith at corner, 67 overall, uh, 92 speed, 91 acceleration, could turn into something. He's only a normal development trait. Um, You know, if he were to move up on development traits, then that guy could turn out pretty great. Um, right now, he should be on the field, just see what happens. Um, but I like the pick, at least for depth and everything. And then Rajon Beard, who I think was one of the uh, higher picks for them. Uh, strong safety, he's a 79 overall, and he is a superstar. Uh, 88 speed, so not real fast, but there just weren't fast safeties in this draft. There haven't been for a while. Uh, so that's a really good pick there for the Chiefs. The Chiefs, on their draft grade, get a B-. minus. Moving on to the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers took Nathan Murdoch, a kicker, uh, and he's a 72 overall kicker, so that's a pretty good uh, kicker there. Uh, Ty Schmidt at tight end, which was a guy I really liked. This is a blocking tight end. Um, that's pretty much all he'll be used for, but he does have some decent measurables, 75 speed. He's currently a 73 overall. That's a pretty good rating for a rookie tight end, uh, especially a blocking tight end. Uh, I like him. Uh, Mike Fusaro at right tackle. He is a 69 overall right now. Don't know if he's playing. Uh, Sean Grant at right guard is a 70 overall. That's pretty good for a rookie. And, well, oh, Floyd Griffith at free safety. Uh, 89 speed. So that was... Pretty much the fastest uh, safety you're going to get in this year's draft. Uh, He's a 79 overall. That's a pretty darn good pick there. Uh, And he revealed as a superstar. Bernard Hambrick at running back. And this guy's a really good pick. 80 overall, 96 speed, uh, 94 acceleration, 93 agility for this uh, rookie running back. Kind of a small guy. I don't know how much that matters. Um, uh, so yeah, he's going to be a nightmare, uh, for opponents. That's a really good pick there. Tim Cobbs at right outside linebacker. Also a good pick. He's 74 or 75 overall at this point, uh, 84 speed, 84 acceleration. I don't know if he's playing or not, uh, because the Panthers are usually pretty deep at linebacker. Um, but pretty good player, really nice depth if he's, if he's not starting. So a uh, really good Draft for the Panthers here, I have to say. Uh, The Panthers get a B-plus in this year's draft. Uh, Moving on to the Patriots. See if I can speed this up a little bit. Uh, This is taking forever. Uh, Justin Ruiz at center. Pretty highly rated center. He's a 76 overall. Normal development trait, which hurts on those linemen because you're never going to get them to move up. Um, But he is a good player. Uh, Jeffrey Snell at kicker, 75 overall at this point, not bad. That's pretty good for a kicker. I do believe the Patriots drafted him while they already had another kicker, so that typically hurts them in the grade. Uh, I think he was better than their other kicker, and they let him go if I remember right. Uh, So that helps. Um, But, you know, the Patriots, they love drafting kickers Uh, (laughs) and fullbacks and, and all that stuff. Kasim Faulkner at receiver, 70 overall, uh, 89 speed, uh Sonata Blazer. Uh the Patriots do usually have a little bit slower receivers. Uh, but he could develop into something. He could be a nice slot receiver, something like that. Uh Parrish Bromley at corner, also 89 speed. He's a seventy-one overall, a six foot two corner. I always think that's nice. Uh normal development trait, which hurts, because corners are a little harder to to move up, um, but still a good at least depth pick there for the Patriots. Uh, fairly high draft pick, Dexter Christie at free safety. Uh, again, you're not getting in safeties over 90 speed this year. Uh, this guy's 87 speed, uh, but a highly rated safety. 75 overall. Uh, he revealed as a star for him. And then Robert Lane, uh, high draft pick at right tackle. Um was possibly the best player in this draft as far as rating goes, 78 at this point. Um, gigantic guy. He was a normal development trait, which was pretty disappointing, um, but still very good player right there for the Patriots. So let's see if there are any more notable rookies. Kawhi McKinley at left guard. He's a 68 overall. Uh, also normal. So another pretty good player. Uh, You can oftentimes get those linemen in the high 60s and maybe even low 70s in the drafts because if they're normal, they're probably never going to get above, say, 85. Um, But still pretty decent players, uh, and all of us have better offensive lines than computer teams, so valuable picks. Uh, So you add that all up for the Patriots. Not a lot of... Uh, hidden developments there kind of hurt them. Uh, not a lot of speed there either. Uh, the Patriots get a B-. And finally, we'll move on to the Packers. So the Packers just randomly going through this. David Crowther at right outside linebacker. He's fine. Uh, David Smith at fullback. 64 overall fullback. Uh, if you're going to draft a fullback, they they should be better than that. Uh, But he is an excellent lead blocker, uh, so they'll use him in that role. Uh, Bunch of linemen in this draft for the Packers. Zach Hamilton at right tackle. He's a 71 overall. Uh, Where are the others? Maybe there were only two, uh, but just a bunch of young linemen on this team for the Packers. Uh, Timmy Lambert taken early in the draft at left tackle. Uh he's a hidden development trait. He's eighty overall. Uh he's a star is what he revealed as. Uh and Mac Manning at left tackle as well. Uh seventy-one overall, offensive lineman there. And then what else do we have for? Oh, the big uh big picks here. Um well this one isn't all that big, but Anthony Jackson, a highly rated speed rusher. The Packers got him uh eighty-six speed there. 74 overall defensive end. He's fine for now. Uh, he'll need to develop more. Uh, Dallas Parson at tight end. Uh, 83 speed. He's a 70 overall right now and uh, revealed as a star. So hidden development trade on a tight end is kind of fun. And he will develop into their starting tight end, so that's a nice pick. Uh, Casey Steeples at free safety. Uh, was picked at corner, moved to free safety. Got 93 speed, is a 72 overall at this point. Normal development trait, um, but a guy that can play. And then the big one in the second round, uh, the Packers got Daniel Carter, who uh, was one of the highest-rated quarterbacks, maybe the highest-rated quarterback. Uh, slipped to him late in the second round. Uh, currently he's a 77 overall and a superstar quarterback. Uh, so great value pick for the Packers there. And that really boosted their draft grade to an A+. So, those are the draft grades for this year. (music) Whew, okay. So, I just rambled about draft grades for 17 minutes. Nobody wants that. Ah, That's pretty long. Uh, So, we are going to go through development traits as quick as I can manage to do it. Uh, So let's see. Let's just start with the Packers. I'm familiar with that team. Uh, Daniel Carter at rookie quarterback, revealed as a superstar. Uh, That's pretty cool. Not an 80 overall yet, but uh, quarterbacks get abilities before then. Uh, He's an inside dead eye, so he's uh, perfectly accurate inside the numbers. He's a conductor, so he can make hot route and blocking adjustments twice as fast, uh, which is kind of cool. We'll see how... Useful that is against u- in user against user games, but uh, kind of cool. Uh, what else we got? Dallas Parson at tight end revealed as a star. Timmy Lambert at left tackle revealed as a star. Um, there was a development game for Sean Godfrey at right end, and he got it, and he got to superstar. He is unfakeable. So don't even try it. Don't try to fake him. He's unfakeable. And I believe there's one more here before we move on. Oh, yeah. At corner, uh, Isaiah Deloach uh, had a development game. He moved up to Superstar. This is a 95 speed, 86 overall cornerback. And he's got the acrobat ability uh, so he can jump farther and dive farther and, and all that stuff. I mean, that makes sense. He's an acrobat. Uh, moving on to the Panthers. The Panthers, once again, uh, had some rookies reveal as superstars and and really uh, get off to great starts to their career. And I need to figure out which guys they are. Uh, at Free safety, Floyd Griffith, uh, rookie free safety, revealed as a superstar, and he's 79 overall, so no abilities yet uh, for him. 89 speed, I I think safeties that slow are a little bit limited, although at safety you can get away with that more than at corner, um, but you know if he gets some good abilities, that probably negates that lack of speed. Uh, And then also for the Panthers at halfback, Bernard Hambrick, the speedster uh, that they drafted, uh, revealed as a superstar, or maybe got it in the development game. I don't remember. Uh, He is an 80 overall, so let's see what his ability is. Spin cycle. He spins faster. Um, That's an interesting one. I haven't seen anybody use that a whole lot, uh, but it's got to be useful. Uh, The normal spin animation, I think, is pretty slow, Um, so that should be useful for the Panthers uh, as they're running the ball. Uh, They run the ball quite a bit. Let's move on to the Patriots. And I want to check in on Mario Kruger. I don't remember if he... He's a star. I think he started as normal. That's their... Uh, second year quarterback started as normal. He is now a star. Uh, we've talked about Bart Ringer, the fullback. Uh, Marco Holloway in his second year at receiver. Uh, ninety-two speed. He became a superstar. Uh, he's eighty-one overall. He's an in and out elite. That's his ability. Uh, so good for the Patriots there. And I think that's probably all we got to cover. For them, I don't remember if they had any rookies that have revealed. It doesn't appear so. Uh, so we'll move on. Going to the frickin' Browns, uh, revealing as a rookie as a su- as an X Factor superstar is Rashard Collins at middle linebacker. Um, so just right away, he's going to be just awesome. Uh, 87 speed for this guy. So flies around the field. His ability is a zone hawk. So if he enters the zone, he's better in zone coverage. Um, yeah, he's better in zone coverage and he's got the tip drill. So he'll more easily catch tipped passes Uh, by the way, the Browns were a little annoying when they announced this. Uh, I'm not just going to tell you about it. going to show you the picture of it uh, and rub it in your face. Uh, but that's what we've come to expect uh, from this version of the Cleveland Browns. And then uh, wide receiver Chris Chester. yeah, Wide receiver Chris Chester, who they traded for uh became a superstar in the development game. I believe he caught 13 passes to do it. Uh 93 speed for this guy. Um yeah, you know, high 80s on a lot of his other uh attributes. He's an 83 overall. His ability is post flag elite, uh which is a good ability to have with a 65 receiver uh, that can go up and get the football. And then a strong safety, I think they traded for him, is Eli Smith, who's a superstar. He's not to 80 overall yet, so no abilities to take note of there. Uh, let me make sure I'm not missing any other Browns. Nope. So to the Chiefs. And this is a safety. Safety. Strong safety? Yep, yeah, strong safety. Raisin Beard. It's not Raisin Beard. Uh, <laughs> but, but Discord, I think, auto corrected it to Raisin Beard. So that's his name from now on. Raisin Beard, uh, which is an interesting visual if you think about it. Uh, reveals as a superstar. So that's pretty cool for the Chiefs. Uh, not at 80 overall yet. So no abilities to talk about. Uh, 88 speed. So that's about as fast as uh, safeties are these days. Uh, But that's a good one for the Chiefs. It's nice to have those guys in the secondary that are moving up on the development traits. So that covers the development traits for this point in the year. I think we're at about week 12. um, And we'll move on to the last segment of the podcast, which is very exciting. And finally, to close out the podcast, we have something very special for you today. Uh, We have talked in recent episodes about how Cleveland uh, Browns quarterback Robert R. Overbay, uh, he's Robert Overbay uh, as the quarterback, um, has a pen name, Robert R. Overbay, under which he writes novels, Uh, you know, kind of in the, their crime novels, kind of in the vein of of James Patterson's Alex Cross novels and, you know, a a whole bunch of others. Um, It's a whole genre, a pretty big genre. And Robert R. Overbay has entered that genre, and he started writing books about his uh, titular hero, Clint King, uh, of the King series. So, of course, we've had some listeners asking if those books are any good, if they should check them out. Um, How about you judge for yourself, because... Today, I have an advanced copy of Robert R. Overbay's new novel, Kings and Queens, uh, starring Clint King, the private detective. And because of my great relationship with the NFL and they like to promote uh, that, Overbay is also an author, and uh, I have an advanced copy, and I've been given p- permission by the author and the publisher to read you the prologue from Kings and Queens. So that's very exciting. Uh, I'm very honored. We'll see if my career uh, as an audible book reader is gonna work out, because this is the first time I've ever done this. Um, but I'm gonna read you the prologue, and then you decide for yourself if uh, you're interested in going up and picking up Overbay's new book. So here we go, <clears throat> Kings and Queens. Clint King plodded down the river walk, clutching his coffee close to help warm himself. The mist was thick, a thick fog that almost turned to rain and beaded on his uh, clothing and skin. I really got to invest in getting an umbrella, he thought to himself, and then checked his watch. Almost 10.30, I advertise that I open at 9. Well, who cares at this point? King's private detective uh, office had not been busy of late. After his wife left Cleveland and took the kids, uh, even though they were almost grown, uh, King had taken off time to go through the dreary and drawn-out legal battle uh, to try to get custody, but was unsuccessful. And during that hiatus from business, business had basically disappeared. And the three weeks back, He had gotten a few uh, small cases. Cases involving lost dogs, which he had just wrapped up this morning. And uh, wives suspecting their husbands of cheating, which was a pretty popular case to get. Uh, But nothing juicy and not enough to really keep the, uh, the detective agency open. King was considering closing it. As uh, he didn't have much money, 27 years on the force was not great money, and uh, the pension was almost gone after the legal battles. Maybe his wife had a point with the drinking. He never thought it was that bad, it had never affected his job, it had certainly affected his marriage, but he didn't think it had affected his fatherhood at all. Probably not at all, not much. Oh, well, don't have to worry about that now. He thought maybe around lunchtime he'd go visit the bar next to the detective agency. As King approached the uh, downtown building in which his office was at the bottom, he thought back to the day that he had been shot in the hip uh, protecting a 10-year-old child. It really hurt on cold, rainy days like this. He felt like he was walking with a limp, although it was probably noticeable to no one but himself. Grabbing the mail from his mailbox, all he saw were bills and junk mail. I really wish I had a secretary to take care of these things for me, he thought. If the business had taken off and not gotten derailed by the custody battle, I might have had one by now better office, too. Uh, He went down the steps and under the building and into his office and found a woman there. He was surprised for a moment. His door was supposed to be locked. Hello, she said. I knocked and no one answered. Um, Then I tried the knob and the door opened. I think your lock is actually broken. I thought maybe I should leave, but I decided to stay. I, I thought you would be here soon. It says you open at nine. Huh, King said, and inspected the doorknob. The woman was right. The lock didn't work anymore. The pin had fallen out. Maybe you should be the detective. I didn't even notice that. Oh, no, I'm, I'm in need of a real detective. All right, King said, and circled behind his desk. As he sat down, he inspected the woman. She was probably mid to late 30s, pale skin, dark brown hair, fairly pretty, though she looked a little frail, a little fragile, and maybe a little gaunt. Something had probably happened, that was why she was here. All right, I'm sorry I'm late, I was finishing up chasing down a dog, Uh, what can I do for you? Well, she hesitated. I need utmost discretion. You'll get it. That's what uh, we private eyes are known for. Yes, but I really mean no one can know about this. It cannot leak to the press. The press. Yes, I believe my husband has been murdered. You believe your husband has been murdered? She paused again. He's missing, but I have reason to believe he's been murdered. Clint looked the woman over again. She was clearly distressed, clearly worried, but seemed to have a strength that was holding her together. All right. How long has he been missing? 20 hours? Well, that's not very long. That's barely a night out on the town. Yes, but he has a very strict schedule. And, like I said, I have reason to believe that he has been murdered. Clint leaned back in his chair and took a sip of his coffee. All right, Mrs. Steele. Charlotte Steele. The name tickled the back of his brain, but... King could not place it. He felt like he should know the name, but he couldn't place it. All right, Mrs. Steele, I really think you should go to the police. Uh, They're better equipped to handle this. They have more resources, and uh, if there has been a murder, then they're going to be involved anyway. Uh, Not that I wouldn't like to have your business, uh, but I I think the police is the better bet for you. No, no, I can't go to the police. Why not? As I said, no one can know about this, not until we find out what has actually happened. Clint, fur- Clint for- furrowed his brow. All right, Mrs. King. Well, in that case, I accept. So tell me, uh, your husband, what does he look like? He's one got blondish-brown hair, uh, a mustache, square jaw, very recognizable. Hmm. And your husband, uh, why do you think missing for 20 hours means that he's murdered? He's never missing like this, and I think he may have gotten into something he shouldn't have. Okay, Mrs. Steele what is your husband's job? She gave him a funny look. He's the mayor. Wow. Riveting. That was the prologue from Robert R. Overbay's new novel, Kings and Queens. I believe it'll be available on Amazon for pre-order this weekend, Um, and you can probably get it in bookstores a couple weeks after that. I should have looked before I told everybody about it, but Uh, If you're interested in checking it out, check it out. All right, that was a very special uh, surprise for a podcast. I'm glad I could bring it to our listeners exclusively. And I think that's been a long enough episode at this point. So until next time, enjoy Madden and enjoy your novels.